Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Game Sense. I'm your host, Michael Alvaro. In today's episode, we're going to focus on the Round 3 action out of the Sample Women's Competition. We'll discuss our player focus piece on Glenelg's Piper window. We'll also hear from Bendigo Pioneers young gun Lou Painter and Geelong Falcons coach Mal Hickey from their preseason testing day before previewing round one of the Waffle W season. Let's get into it. I'm also joined by Peter Williams, the Rookie Me Central Chief Editor. How are you today? Yeah, really good. Uh, it's good to have multiple footy leagues, uh, if not starting, uh, getting ready to start. So plenty to talk about. Absolutely. We're going to start off, as promised, with round three out of the Sample W. First result there was Central District 5-3-33, defeating Norwood 4-7-31. What did you make of that one? Yeah, it was a really close contest, obviously. In the end, it was uh, just a goal, the difference. Uh, in the last 90 seconds by 16, 17-year-old Jasmine Evans, who managed to convert really well. First sample W goal, so impressive to run over the top of the red legs in the last quarter. So uh, they moved to 2-1 for the first time in their history, and Norwood are in a bit of trouble at 0-3. and three. And speaking of trouble, Woodville West Torrens 2-6-18 were absolutely thumped by North Adelaide 12-8-80. Of course, as you said, uh, it's a pretty hard job coming up against the Roosters after a loss, so uh, as advertised there. Yeah, absolutely. And at one stage, it was 2-5 to 2-4 in the second quarter. North kicked the last couple of goals of that first half. Um, and in the end, they from that point, they kicked 10-3 to just the two behinds for the rest of the game. So they really put the foot down. I think, no doubt, uh, Coach Chrissy Steen gave him a bit of a bake um, and they really just went on with it. So I, I think it just shows the difference in experience and class there. Just a bit uh, stronger body, so run away with a big win. And there was a much tighter game again, another two-point margin with South Adelaide 4-5-29 defeating West Adelaide 4-3-27. Bit of a thriller. Yeah, it was another close one. And again, uh, where one team's up by a little bit uh, and then the other team kicks the last two goals of the game. Uh, so Kyan Campbell kicked the winner. Um, it was a little bit earlier than what Evans did for Central. There was still probably 10 minutes left, but she managed to get forward and, and kick the winner, uh, and South hit the front uh, for the first time since the first quarter, I think. And basically they looked pretty good um, throughout the game, uh, and there were ebbs and flows where they might have hit the front for a bit and then West would kick a couple of goals and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it was a really entertaining game, and, of course, the top two teams so far this season. So... A really, uh, yeah, fa fascinating contest to watch. And to round out the action, a bit of an upset and quite a comprehensive one at that with Glenelg, 9-4-58, defeating Sturt, 4-5-29. A bit of a surprise for you there? Yeah, this was uh, probably the biggest surprise of the, the weekend, obviously, coming in. I knew the Central District Norwood game was a coin toss, but um, I, I didn't really see this coming. I thought if Glenelg was going to win, it was going to be in a very close one, but really they just stormed away, and, and that's full credit to... Piper window and uh, quite a few others like Ali Kellogg starred the captain there but um, Sturt just had no answers they kind of just looked a bit lethargic at times and things like that they had um, their usual suspects Georgia Bevan and, and Kieran Mueller standing up but um, yeah they just didn't quite have the same uh, I guess panaz if you like um, that they normally would have so Glenelg sort of just ran away with it and window dominated absolutely she did we'll touch on her later um, but after three rounds we're going to just run you through the Sample W ladder with South Adelaide, the lone undefeated team on six points at 3-0. They're followed by a train of four teams on 2-1 and one and four points. So that's North Adelaide, West Adelaide, Glenelg and Central District. 
Outside of the top four with Centrals, uh, Sturt and Norwood, and then Woodville was Torrens as well. Of course, the last two teams there, zero and three, but probably have um, had quite differing losses along the way. But starting with the top four, Pete, um, and top of the tree with the Panthers, what have you sort of made of those four teams? Yeah, I think that, I mean, they're all sort of in the mix. I think the surprise... Um, of that group is probably Glenelg coming up because I did say pre-season I didn't think they were going to make finals purely because they'd lost Jess Bates, they'd had a couple other retirements, a, a few other clubs had recruited really strongly. Um, but it looks like, you know, Glenelg are just getting it done after that first round that looked a bit shaky. They've really picked it up. And um, yeah, for, for mine, I think to to get the win over Sturt at the Bart Noble is, uh, is huge. So um, I think they're still there. I'm not sure whether um, they'll consistently be able to beat those top few teams because West has really impressed me. Obviously, they've got Lauren Young in there, Eilish Ross, who starred, but they'll be counting the cost of the weekend um, with injuries. Obviously, Captain Matty Russell was left on crutches. Paige Allen came off uh, on a stretcher late. So um, they might be down a few from then on. And you're looking at South, who have just... They've won each game. It hasn't been by much, but all three of them have been close. But they've just got the job done. Where North um, weren't at their best in, in round two, but they really you know slammed it home after a bit of a, a rev up, I guess, uh, prior to that. So, um, yeah, where they sit will be really interesting, but it's a very close uh, competition so far. Yeah, and poor old Centrals, of course, uh, technically equal second, but sit fifth um, in their pursuit of finals early on this year. Um, what do you make of, I guess, that bottom four? Who do you think can make the leap into finals? Well, I mean, Central and Sturt are probably... the. I mean, history tells us they're probably the only two that can do it. Um, when you start 03 in a 12-game season, you, you're hoping you need to get about seven wins on the board so with nine games remaining it means for Norwood and Eagles to get in they're probably gonna have to win seven of their last nine which makes it incredibly difficult um to do so you'd have to go on a really big run um and I don't think Eagles realistically I know everyone aims for finals but realistically they're probably not in the front uh finals frame yet they're still building um Norwood would definitely consider themselves among those finals contenders and the lucky thing for them is their percentage is barely affected. Obviously, they're minus nine points overall. So a big win and their percentage will get a massive boost. So if you're going to lose and start 03, they've probably started in you know the best possible way of doing that. But still, 03 is a hard one to come back from. The In saying that, though, the likes of Central District and Glenelg um, are, are not bulletproof and Norwood could well um, get them in the run home. Uh, or they could drop games you don't expect. So I think Sturt's the danger one there, though. They're, they're capable of doing anything and beating those top three teams on their day. All right, speaking of Sturt, of course, they did go down to the Bays, and one of the stars for the victors was Piper Window. She's had a massive start to the season. Pete, she had 29 touches, seven clearances, and three goals against the Double Blues. Pretty impressive. Yeah, she started forward uh, and rolled through the midfield as she often does. Uh, and yeah, she was just dominant. She had a quiet first quarter, only had the four touches, but then really got going in the second and third. Um, she kicked all her goals in those quarters, basically kicked the first one uh, in that second term and then kicked back to back in the third. Um, she, she was just too big, too strong um, and, and dominated. Once she got going, she looked such a confident player. Um, obviously, we've spoken about it before. Uh, it's just really that kicking and perhaps the cleanliness at ground level that she could improve on. But her aerial ability, her uh, endurance, speed, power, uh, evasion, 
um, they're all top notch. Like they're they're among the best in the draft class. So realistically, she's someone who has a lot of traits. And if with development this year and ironing out some certain stuff, I think that she's going to have some um, improvement to make. But certainly on the weekend, it was a really impressive performance, and she did win the uh, MVP for the round for sample. So. Um, yeah, she's had a great season, and, and right now I would probably have her as leading the league best and fairest because I think that this round, obviously, but even round two, she would have probably got the three votes, so she's probably sitting on six at the moment. And, um, yeah, she keeps that form up. She'll be definitely uh, in hot contention come the end of the year for the draft. Absolutely, she will. Um, from one very, very highly rated draft prospect to one for next year, of course, Lou Painter. Um of the Bendigo Pioneers. Uh, I spoke to her during the, well, the Coates Tunneling. I was about to say NAB League. Um, it's almost uh, just a force of habit by now, but she was at the preseason testing event over the weekend. So I was quite taken aback by some of her lofty goals. So I'll let you listen to that clip now. Aim is to go number one, but it obviously depends on what the teams need at that time. Get into the country under 18 squad. Obviously I'm in the training, but to get into the team and actually be able to travel into state with them, and yeah, just go with whatever other opportunities open up to me this year. Yeah. Go for league BNF. Yeah, that's yep. a good one. So awesome. I've got the Pioneers one last year. Obviously, I'll aim for that again this year. But yeah, big yes. country and league BNF will get up there again in the votes. So Pete, Lou's obviously sort of mapped out a, a pretty grand plan for herself in the, in the lead up to her draft year next year. What do you make of it? Yeah, it's obviously we've heard it before uh, a fair bit. Like we know for the boys, Matthias Philippou's one that... Um, uh, was very confident coming into the year. He's very bold with his predictions. And personally, I like it. Like, she's got the talent. Like, you always want to see if they're going to talk the talk, you want them to walk the walk. And I don't think she's going to have any problem doing that. She's clearly, at the very least, among the top prospects, if not the top ones. So clearly, she's going to be battling um, with, you know, probably from Victoria, Ash Center is the other one that really stands out. Um, but there's plenty more that will pop up uh, throughout the year. And then, of course, South Australia has tons. WA has plenty as well. Queensland, brilliant. Uh, next year's just so exciting for a draft. It's such an open draft class. And for anyone who's you know keen to really get stuck into it and watch it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's something to look forward to. But for Painter, she doesn't have too many weaknesses. She's basically an all-round player, can play on all three lines. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing her this year. Yep, she tells me she's going to be playing midfield rotating defence this year. So it's going to be really, really good to watch how she develops and if she can tick off a few of those goals. I also spoke to Mal Hickey, the incoming Geelong Falcons girls coach, um, of course a legend in the women's footballing space. So she uh, spoke in this clip of her coaching philosophy. I guess I'm very much like to, to work with players on their weapons and for them to really um, have confidence and really own their weapons. I think if you're a confident player, you're a lot better player and then very much like to build off fundamentals. I think it's really important, especially you know as, as young developing players, to, to have their fundamentals sound and to, to spend a lot of time on them. Yeah, I think I've asked for pretty high standards as well. That's probably yeah. part of my philosophy, but I'm also a big softy underneath it all too. So. That was New Geelong Falcons head coach Mal Hickey speaking of her coaching philosophy. We look forward to seeing the Coates Talent League season get underway um, in, well, over a week's time now. So uh, round one around the corner. Um, we'll have the boys testing day as well this coming weekend. But we're going to move on to the start of the Waffle W season um, where the competition is increasing to eight teams in 2023. 
We'll preview the round one matches and Pete's going to dive into what to expect from each team. So let's look at the schedule for round one starting on Saturday, March 11. We've got the newcomers East Perth taking on West Perth in a derby at Leaderville Oval at 2 p.m. What are you going to make of that one? Yeah, well, this will be a really fascinating contest because uh, obviously neither of these sides has had a league win. Uh, West Perth went through the inaugural season for them last season un- uh, winless, uh, so they didn't get a win at all. Um, where East Perth obviously playing the first game of uh, the league season, really. So they've entered the league. We know we've got Perth coming in the future, but for now, this is the derby that's happening. And I know both coaches and um, you know everyone involved in the club is really excited about this. So I think particularly West Perth because West Perth can uh, go in as favourites uh, because for the first time in their history, they're not going to go in as the underdogs. We know they've recruited really well. They've got Emily Bennett. Um, they've got Bianca Webb. They've, they've picked up quite a few players that have that bit of experience. Catherine Bennett, um, Brooke Hongel as well. They're, they're out of the Claremont program who, who won the flags. Uh, so they've got that experience that they lack last year. So I don't think they're going to be the easy beats this season, uh, I don't think they're going to do a lot of damage, to be fair, uh, but I don't think they're going to be the uh, the easy beats they were last season. So I think they'll be competitive, um, and I definitely think they'll beat East Perth. In talking about East Perth, it's obviously a bit difficult to work out exactly what they're going to offer this year. They've got a lot of uh, young players and a lot of sort of veterans. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of players that have sort of uh, returned to the club. I know one... Um, you sort of got to keep an eye out for um, over the journey is sort of coming through the program is Holly Gill. She's in the State Academy um, and they're pretty keen to see some of their Rogers Cups players stand up as well. So it's going to be a pretty good time for East Perth. Um, The coach said he's under no pressure this year because they really want to build up that youth. So I'm excited to see what they can offer. Um, But uh, Mel Hardy is another one out of Swan Districts who provides a bit of experience. They're not as, um, I guess, league experienced as some of the other teams or certainly even West Perth, but um, they have got some from other clubs. I think they said six of the other seven clubs. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can put on a good show, but I, I am expecting West Perth to win that. Cool. We've got, of course, two teams next up in the second of two Saturday fixtures. Um, two teams that are very familiar with each other in Peel Thunder and Swan Districts. They're locking horns at Lane Group Stadium at 5.30pm. Who's taking out the first win of the season there? Yeah, it, this is going to be an exciting one. I, I will go with Peel and I'll discuss them first. Uh, look, Coach Steve Markham's pretty excited about what his club uh, can bring. He it reminds him of 2020, which was the first year they won the um, uh, the flag. They won back-to-back flags after Finnish wooden spooners. They've obviously had a trio of players that uh, have gone up to the top level. They've uh, Ella Roberts won't be back. Neither will Kate Bartlett. So they've lost their leading goal kicker and you know star top pick player. Um, Jade Britton will be available for a few games this year. Um, but other than that, they're pretty much that lost that bit of top-end talent, but they're excited about their Rogers Cup players coming through. Evie Couch is one to keep an eye on. She's in 07, so not yet ready for a couple of years, but she's going to be a rebounding defender to keep an eye on. And one that I just think will be really, really exciting. Um, as for Swan Districts, they've lost a lot of players. They've lost their former captain, M. Maguire. Ash Sharp, of course, the Fremantle AFLW uh, player, has recently had her baby, so therefore she's going to just focus on that and play at the local 
level. Uh, so she'll be out. Um, and there's a couple of others like Lauren Osborne who's retired as well. Um, so they are actually uh, lost a lot of experience, but they picked up Lauren Quaif from Peel. So she might have a crack at playing against her former side. Uh, they do have some good youngsters. Jamie Henry, unfortunately, she's still recovering from a corky, so she won't play round one. Um, they've got Tyler Fitzgerald, another uh, West Australian talent in there who played at the Champs last year. So they've got a bit of young talent coming through, which will be exciting. Um, but in this game, particularly down in Mandurah, although I should say um, that's where Swanee's beat them in the finals last year, but down at Mandurah, round one, I think Peel will be pretty keen to reverse that elimination final loss uh, and bounce back and uh, have a win. Got a grand final rematch kicking off the action on Sunday at Pentonet Stadium at 2pm. Claremont against East Fremantle. Will the Sharkies get revenge or is Claremont going to be too good, Pete? Yeah, this is this is obviously game of the round. Top two teams, and I think they'll probably be the top two teams again this year. Uh, it was moved to, it was originally going to be at Revo Fitness Stadium or Claremont's home where the grand final was played, but it's been moved to West Perth's home, who funnily enough aren't playing at their own home this round. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see these two clash. I, I think a lot of people will be interested to see how they go. Uh, both have had pretty good pre-seasons. Um, Claremont have, you know, lost a couple of players, but also picked up a couple. Um, they've picked up Jamie Harkin out of Subiaco, who's going to be a really valuable addition to that midfield. We know that they lost the likes of Alice Smith, uh, Smith and Sasha Goranova and, and whatnot, Tessa Demanis, who's gone over to Adelaide. They're, they've lost that bit of talent that was um, originally their top end and they've stepped up to the AFLW, but um, we know they've got a lot of good young talent coming through. Claudia Wright's one to keep an eye on there for those keen. Um, and then if you look across at East Fremantle, I think that's the team that most uh, AFLW recruiters will keep an eye on because obviously they've got uh, Georgie Cleaver from the AFLW Academy. They've got Angelique Rayson. They've got Zippy Fish for next year, Taya Chambers, and then you've got others including like Tiana... Tiani Tekel, which is, of course, Julia's sister. Uh, so, like, they've got a lot of young talent as well. And, of course, they've, they've brought back Ash Gomes after her stint at West Coast. Uh, yeah, they're going to be a tough team to beat, and I, I reckon they'll be fired up this year. I know um, the Sharks coaching staff and whatnot have sort of said that, you know, last year's last year, we've got to focus on. But I reckon the players that were in that uh, grand final will be pretty hungry to get a win, and particularly in this one. I think this one will mean more to them because... Clearly, I mean, it's it's not usual you go undefeated in the season and lose the grand final. So really unlucky for them last year, um, and I actually think they might get the win in this game. Very much looking forward to seeing if you're right there. Of course, the final match of the round sees Subiaco take on South Fremantle at Leaderville Oval once again, that game at 5 p.m. What are you expecting, Pete? Yeah, for me, Subiaco uh, have, have, again, they lost Harkin. So they're looking for a bit more out of their youth coming through. Uh, they missed finals last season. They were competitive enough, um, but they also became the first sort of team to lose to South Fremantle um, that was of the established side. So um, I, I don't know. Like, they've obviously got that home ground advantage in this one, but um I'll, I'll be keen to see how they bounce back from the loss of hark and they've got obviously tanika golisano as the captain in there and, and really important and, and whatnot um but yeah for me i think if we look across at south Fremantle, you've got noah mcnaughton molly o'hare um rosie anderson they've got quite a bit of young talent coming through and they've kind of gone the way that 
Peel Thunder did when Peel first started. They went through a bit of pain, but they're building up, and I think they're going to be a real surprise packet this season. So uh, I'm going to tip South Fremantle for this one, but again, I think it'll be pretty close. All right, well, there, Peter Williams' tips for round one of the Waffle W season. We're going to get a few predictions, um, I guess, in the overall scheme of things. So who's winning the flag this year, Pete? Yeah, I'm going to go the team that uh, narrowly missed out last year. I'm going to go with East Fremantle. I think they're sort of uh, willing to bounce back. I think they're going to be pretty hungry, haven't lost too much. And, yeah, I've gone for them for the flag. Who's going to be the runner-up? This year I've gone with Claremont, so I think I've just basically given them a bit of the switch. Uh, So uh, either of those teams could win it. They're both quality sides, but they're definitely the top two for mine at the moment. So if they make up the top two, then who are the two other teams who are going to make finals? Yeah, I think the next obvious one's Peel Thunder. I just think they've got too much talent. They have lost a bit, obviously, going up to AFLW, but they just have such a fantastic youth program that's continually sort of built up. Of course, Courtney Rowley came out of there, and then Ella Roberts, as we know. like They've just sort of built them up over time. Um, so I think they're definitely a third. And then it's going to be a battle for fourth uh, between South Fremantle and Swan Districts. So I think they're the other two teams that can realistically make finals. I've gone with South Fremantle because I... Um, well, I'd like to see a new team in the finals, basically, but I, I think they've recruited really well. They've got a lot of great youth that can only improve. Uh, and, yeah, I'm sort of backing them in to win the games they should. So, uh, yeah, I'll go with Peel and South Fremantle to round out the top four. And two without notice, because you put together the itinerary for every um, every podcast, and I don't know if you just don't want to put your neck on the line, but I'd love to hear who you're going to predict for the league best and fairest and a leading goal kicker, Pete. Well, league best and fairest, I thought you would ask me that one. So I'm going to go with Tanika Golisano out of Subiaco. Um, even though they won't win a lot of games, I think that, or, or I don't suspect they'll beat the top teams, um, I, I reckon she'll probably be a good shout to try and win the overall medal. Um, there'll be less competition, I think, for sort of votes there. But, uh, you know, quality player, easy to step up. Um, and that's if, depending on how the votes go with the East Fremantle. Sharks, because Gomes and, and Wong, who obviously won it recently, um, are a chance too. Um, and then the leading goal kicker um, is made significantly harder without having the default option of Kate Bartlett in the league. Um, so you've actually got to have a think. Um, and just kind of looking across the league, if I had to say... Um, I reckon I will back in. I reckon you'd have to go with a... Jeez, oh, I actually don't know with this one. This I've one has stumped, stumped me. I have stumped <laughs> me. No, I'm trying to work out. It really depends on what the role is for East Fremantle because I genuinely think it'll probably be one of Cleaver or, or Rayson um, out of the Sharks. I think they're going to get lots of opportunities. Um, I'll just call it a tie and, and go for that and see what happens. But yeah, I, I think naturally it'll be someone from either East Fremantle or Claremont. And I think... East Frio generally kick a lot more goals, so it'll be exciting to see. There you have it, folks. You can take those ones to the bank um, or not. Um, but, of course, can't wait to, to have the Waffle W season get underway and, and we've thoroughly enjoyed what's going on in the Sample W and the Coach Talent League is kicking off soon too. So it's all happening. Um, we'll have it all covered, of course, on Rookie Me Central with previews, reviews, scouting notes and much, much more. Pete, thanks for joining me on the latest episode of Game Sense. No, no problem at all. Really enjoyed this and looking forward to another league starting up this weekend.
Absolutely. That's all we have time for on Season 2, Episode 4 of Game Sense. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms for all of the latest episodes and follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for joining us again for today's episode. We hope you tune in next week.